today I am having a conversation with Ecclesia Miller, who is a mindset coach and consultant. And we will be talking about how to stop negative thinking, how to stop negative thoughts and self-care. We'll be diving into how to deal with disappointments, how to deal with anxiety, and when you're feeling overwhelmed. And we will also talk about how to overcome limiting beliefs as well as some mindsets that hold you back and also how to break the power of shame. Hey, if we're just meeting for the first time, my name is Ni Adreti and I am so thankful that you're joining me live or watching the replay, whether it's on YouTube or listen to the audio podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And on this podcast, we like to have conversations around faith, around Christian spirituality, and them around culture and as well as how to live a successful life. So do me a favor, click the like button and subscribe on YouTube so you can get notifications about what we're doing every week. We upload every new every new videos on our YouTube every week as well as new conversations every week. And also, hey, let me know where are you watching from? Leave a, a comment in uh, below and let me know where in the world you are watching from. Uh, by the way, hey, you can also check out uh, my YouTube channel to find out more videos and other conversations I've had in the past. And also follow me on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm so excited about today's topic. Um, so um, I'm going to introduce my guest to you in a few minutes, but remember to click the like button and subscribe on YouTube. And let me know, where are you watching from? I'm always curious to know where people join us from live from different parts of the world. So leave a comment. Let me know where you're watching from. All right. So let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. So today I am having a conversation with Ecclesia. Ecclesia is a mindset coach and consultant and a passion is to help people thrive and help them overcome limiting beliefs and overcome negative mindsets. And um, she has done an incredible job coaching people and um, she has uh, an ama amazing e-courses. Um, she has an e-course called um, Heal, Heal to Thrive to thrive and she also has another amazing e-course which is called breaking perfect and you should, you should check that out if you look in the subscriptions you will see links to resources by ecclesia and um, i'm just excited to bring her on today to talk about this amazing topic so ladies and gentlemen please welcome ecclesia hello hello hey ecclesia hello. how are you i'm doing so well thank you for having me Oh, absolutely. Thanks for jumping in today. And I am so excited about our conversation today. I think it's a very important topic that we should definitely, definitely talk about. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So, Ecclesia, before jumping, how about you? Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, especially your journey. Uh, I read your profile and you said something about this is like a personal journey to you, the journey of helping people overcome limiting beliefs and, and, and mindset. And, and so tell me about that. Where did that come from? Yes. Yes. Well, um, huh. well, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and I grew up in an urban community. So it's mostly black and Hispanic. And where I grew up, there was a lot of, um, not necessarily poverty, but a lot of poverty thinking, mm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and emotional health wasn't really a thing, you know, mm. um, and everyone was either explosive or shut down, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so um, from then on, I went to college when I was 18 years old. And um, between my time in college, which I was there for about four to five years, um, I got saved, I became a believer, mm. and then I realized um, soon after that not only did people who weren't believers struggle with emotional health and managing their inner world, mm. uh, believers struggled with this just as much as uh, people who didn't know God or didn't mm. believe in God. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did a school of ministry here in Redding, California, where I live. Um, 
in that school of ministry, in that school of ministry, I began to really open up to emotional health, if that makes sense. Mm. And that really became my focus was like, I actually want to be healthy and I want to be connected to God from the inside out, if Mm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I don't want the I want the authentic version of myself. I want Mm. the authentic version of who I know God made me to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And in order to do that, I I figured in my mind that I have to learn what it means to be me 100% Mm. of the time. And what in what ways can I manage and change when I have grief, when I have disappointment, when I have pain? What do I do about that? How do I do that in a way that is um, authentic? At the same time, it's not, I don't get stuck because I think for so long I'd seen people get stuck in their emotions. Mm. So, you know, they have a moment where it could be a traumatic moment or it could just be a moment where pain and anger just comes out of them. And then five years later, they're still bitter about the same thing, you mm, know? Uh-huh. And so, and and then sometimes it was spiritualized, mm, you know? Uh-huh. Sometimes it was a spiritual person, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. And they had spiritualized their criticism of others or they mm. spiritualized uh, their own negative beliefs about themselves. Mm. And so... All of those things that I've I've seen over my life have led me to this point where I am very passionate about people being, one, authentically themselves, but two, people knowing and having the skills to process their feelings, thoughts, emotions in a way that it doesn't trip them up, Mm. you know, and it actually empowers them to be healthy and whole because healthy isn't the lack of negative emotions healthy is the ability to process them in a good way mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't trip you up so yeah wow <clears throat> i love what you just said healthy is not about um say that one more time because i i i'm like yeah oh, yeah yeah so healthy is not about not having negative emotions healthy is about knowing how to deal with your negative emotions Mm-hmm. Knowing how to deal with your negative emotions. <sighs> now let's let's jump into that a little bit. I mean, if we look at 2020, for example, I mean 2020 has been an awesome, incredible, but also painful year. So many things yeah. <laughs> has happened in just <laughs> one year. We've lost incredible people this year. Um, there's mm-hmm. been COVID, the pandemic, the shelter in place, shutdown. Um, there were some riots, protests, racial stuff happening, elections so many drama from church to culture to everywhere and you know my, my my doing my day job is is being a pastor and so i get to talk to people on the phone a lot and the one thing i noticed quite a lot in this season is people just processing what they are thinking and confused because i like somebody was getting divorced and not understanding i've been married to this guy for like 10 20 years and suddenly things just went down and you could feel like they're almost thinking that I do something wrong. Um, is it, am I not pleasing God? Maybe I'm not praying enough. You know, so it's like, I, I noticed this pattern of people's thought process has really been affected negatively. I don't know if it's 2020 or maybe it's just 2020 just highlighted the problem just because suddenly we are confronted with situations that what if you've been running away from yourself, suddenly you have to confront yourself because there's nowhere right. to run, literally nowhere to run. So, what do you think is what do you think is the root of negative thinking do, do you think it's spiritual do you think it's physical um mm. i just want to know from your thoughts what do you think negative thinking comes from that's a really good question i think it comes from our experiences mm. so um you know i would say if you watch cnn or fox news or any news outlet all day mm. I would not be surprised if you struggle with a ton of negative thinking um, Mm. or sadness or anxiety or depression because of what you're putting inside of yourself. Mm. So, I mean, what you eat must come out, right? Mm. So that Mm -hmm. that happens um, in the physical sense, but it also happens mentally. 
So what you put inside of your brain is going to bear fruit inside of you or outside of you. Uh And so um, I would say that. Um, I would also say DNA, you know, we are learning that DNA has a lot to do with how people think. They found studies that show that if your mother struggled with depression, um, she could possibly pass on the DNA that she even the pain or whatever traumas she had, Mm. they can pass along to her child. Mm. Um, And so this is even one of the reasons why I preach like work on yourself, work Mm. on your healing, Mm. um, because you don't want to pass. Like if you could do anything about it, you don't want to pass along trauma to your child before Mm. they even are, you know, able to walk or talk. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, I think the key thing is, with negative thinking, we have to stop being so judgmental up towards ourselves about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I think most of our negative thinking about ourselves is partnered with judgment. Mm-hmm. So when we're confused, we judge ourselves for being confused. Mm-hmm. And when we're angry, we judge ourselves for being angry or, you know, put, put any negative emotion there that you want. And it usually comes with this judgment that we have toward ourselves that then the judgment is what wraps us up more than um the the feeling itself if that makes sense Mm. so you know i would just say that we need to allow ourselves confusion is normal Mm. (laughs) especially in 2020 like if you're not confused then i don't know if you're human (laughs) you know we're all in a space where we're not sure what's going on, but what if we stop saying, well, I should know, or we, we stop having this hardness towards ourselves because we're confused and mm. we say, you know what? I'm confused and it's okay. Mm. You know, or I'm upset, you know, when the riots were happening, uh, when, what, when George Floyd passed away, if mm. you weren't angry, then perhaps you didn't see it. (laughs) Do you Mm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you should have been angry. Mm. Um, And God himself has the full range of emotion. You know, Mm. he's not just a robot, you know, up there without emotion. Emotion is good and normal, good and bad, you know? So. Wow. Wow. So many things you said that I want to come back to, but I love you when you said about stop being judgmental about yourself just because it's been a confusing year for everyone and and that's okay because 2020 has been confusing you know one minute we're locked down next minute we're coming out and then next second we're going back to lockdown (laughs) right (laughs) so crazy um and i love what you said about god as a range of emotions um but one thing that really um stuck with me was the dna thing Mm -hmm. How, how do we I guess the first thing would be how do you even know that you have trauma because Mm. I guess the first step would be to recognize that you yourself are traumatized you're going through stuff Mm -hmm. and then once you recognize that then you can actually take the next step of figuring out so how do I not pass this on to my kids or my children's children so Mm -hmm. what do you think at some keys that can help somebody know hey I feel like there's some trauma in my life I have not dealt with or I feel like I have a problem with the way mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm just bombarded with negative thoughts what are some things I would help somebody know um, yeah. that's going on yeah that's really good um, I think there's so many ways but I would say if you suspect it probably mm. <laughs> <laughs> if you suspect that which most of us know most of us know before we are willing to acknowledge that we know mm. what's going on with ourselves mm. So I would say most of us are the experts at ourselves. We just won't give ourselves that uh, Mm. position, if you Mm -hmm. will. Mm -hmm. So if I asked you, do you think you have some trauma right now? Mm. And you say, you know what? I think I do. I'm just not 100% sure where it is. Mm. That's a great place to start. Mm. Because that means you're actually admitting like, you know what? I have some behavior and Mm. the way to really check on trauma is look at your behavior. Mm. Are you angry? Are you explosive? Are you shut down? Mm. Are you dissociated? Meaning you, um, you're, you float away from your body. You're not Mm. really present in the moment. You're not grounded. 
These are all signs of traumatic experiences. Um, and often these are coping mechanisms that we do when that trauma gets triggered in mm. us, if that wow. makes sense. Mm -hmm. So like for me, I've had some traumas around um, being forced. I have this like, this is a huge trigger in my life. If I mm. feel like I'm being forced to do something, mm. I will escape the situation. So mm. I'll either do that on my phone, like I'm checked out, like mm. you're not gonna get me even though I feel like I have to be here. Mm. Or I will, um, uh, I will just escape by leaving, like actually leaving. Mm. So with that being said, um, go on your own journey of discovering that. And I would mm. also say most of us, if you're under the sound of my voice, have something to work through because you've been around humans <laughs> okay <laughs> if you were raised by humans like i was then more than likely there's something mm. that mm -hmm. you could look at you know if you look at your marriage what's happening there mm. are you showing up fully or is there a place where you wanted to show up in your marriage but something is not allowing you to there's something to look at Mm. What's happening at work? I remember I um, I realized with my own therapist, um, mm. which I recommend get a therapist. Um, mm. With my own therapist, I recognized that this issue of being forced was at the root of my work life. That mm. I didn't know how to work without pressure. Wow. I didn't know how to work because I felt like in order to get things done, I have to put pressure. And I'm still working through that now mm. as an entrepreneur. Mm. How do I work without the pressure of someone's, you know, hand mm. saying you better produce if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's so important. Like these are, I'm exposing my own because I have no shame about the fact that I'm human and I'm mm. working on it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm mm -hmm. growing, I'm learning, I'm figuring it out. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's what I'd say. Just probably you have something. If <laughs> mm. you just want to actually take the time to look at it. So good. So good. And I mean, it's like <clears throat> you know, I, I, I think of myself as, as a husband and a dad and thinking to when I first you know before you get married you you're just living by yourself doing your own thing and then you you marry someone and then suddenly <laughs> your weaknesses kind of start to creep up and I remember maybe first <laughs> I'll say maybe the first year of my marriage I kind of refused to admit I had some issues you know I just like whatever she my wife just been dramatic uh, um but when she kept kind of bringing up the same things over and over, I had to actually force myself to think through, hey, is it is this possible that these are things, these are patterns that has been part of my life for a long time, but I just never mm -hmm. paid attention to them. But somebody else has seen them and trying to point them out because she's trying to tell me, hey, you need to do something about this, this, this. Yeah. And the same thing happens when I started having kids. I have three kids now. And... I just noticed, especially when my, when, I, when I had my first child and I noticed some patterns and some behaviors in myself, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. I guess I have some stuff I haven't dealt with that I need to deal with. It's so <laughs> real. I, I, sorry what you say. Like, we all have to actually just confront ourselves and be honest with ourselves. Like, everybody has stuff. Everybody has some sort of trauma. Absolutely. So if you don't sit down to either find a therapist or find somebody to talk through about it, um, it's going to creep up at some point whether you like it or not Absolutely. and hopefully uh, you're ready for when it eventually creeps up so good um, I, I wanted to ask you a question about anxiety um, mm. now if 2020 has done anything to any of us I would say probably the anxiety level of a lot of people has really gone high and it's yeah. because of single moms um, who maybe have to homeschool their kids and figure out how to work or even parents trying to homeschool their kids and doing work or working from home or losing their job or ETC, filling the gap right so I feel like there's a connection between anxiety and negative thinking I don't know but I feel like there's a connection between your level of how anxious you are and what you are thinking through but I guess my question would be um, how do you deal with just the anxiety of 2020 
even though it's it's i mean it's obviously getting to a close Uh, mm-hmm. But what are some practical tips for somebody who's just dealing with high level of anxiety? What can yeah. they do to process through that? Yeah, you know, practically for me, what I'm doing is, I mean, this may be a bit dark, but <laughs> I have this saying, if the worst happens, I'll be okay. Hmm. And I have internalized that. And and sometimes it pops up, you know, feelings pop up. And I'm like, if the worst happens, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have to uh, really anchor myself in that truth. And the foundation of that truth for me is God is going to always be good to me. Mm-hmm. So the world falls tomorrow God is going to always be good to me mm. and I'm going to be okay. Mm. Whether if the world falls on top of me and I go home to be with Jesus, mm. God's being good to me <laughs> and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Or I strive it and he provides bread for the next day. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. So, so you know, oftentimes we have these worst case scenarios in our minds. Working with my clients, I've really noticed this. People create in their minds stories mm. things that haven't happened things that might happen but mm. if they do happen then the worst could happen all these things but oftentimes once they say those stories out loud those stories sound as ridiculous as they are mm. so you know many people believe like the world's gonna fall because this person's the president or this person is the <laughs> president or whatever it is and it's like mm. well let's just let's actually explore that Mm. if this happens and this happens and this happens all these mm. things that you fear happening mm. what what will happen to you mm. well um i don't know well exactly mm. <laughs> like mm. it's not as big of a deal as we make them because it hasn't actually happened mm. that the anxiety inducing feelings if that makes sense mm-hmm. um And if it does happen, you know, I think maybe 10 years we would have said, well, man, what if a pandemic happens? Mm. Well, we're living through it, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and we're all alive. We're breathing. Praise mm. God. Mm. Um, we've lost people, um, but we're still going. Mm. We're still breathing. So this is how I talk myself off the ledge when mm. I start to. Um, think well what ifs and I start to feel anxiety mm. <clears throat> then I just talk myself down by saying okay if it, if it does happen then what's gonna happen oh mm. I'll be okay mm. so that's kind of my my practical tool that I like to give away to my clients it's like so good. it's gonna be okay no matter what happens you're gonna survive mm. it'll be fine Wow, so good. It's almost like mm-hmm. training yourself out to think, like developing this mindset of when <clears throat> when I'm confronted with situations that are outside of my control or just life, it's like I train my mind that my first reaction is I'm going to think positive. I'm going to yes. know that I'm just going to believe that the outcome is going to be good no matter what. Even exactly. though I don't know, even though, even though I don't know exactly how to get to that good outcome yet, but I just have mm-hmm. to believe that God is good and somehow I'm going to be okay. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess for me or for you, it might sound easy, but the truth is it's probably been years of training yourself to respond like this. I've, I've spoken to people, yeah, I've spoken to people who it's almost like it's difficult for them to get to that point to actually imagine that good is going to happen mm. even those who believe in god and have faith sometimes struggle with actually believing that there's going to be a positive outcome how do you how do you train yourself to get to that point mm. where your first reaction when you're confronted with negative situations or just anxiety or things like that is to just yeah. remind yourself it's going to be okay You know, the truth is, no matter how much I've trained, there still comes something big that mm. just knocks me off the mm. <laughs> <laughs> off of all my training. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you made a good point. Like it can sound easy, but there are times when 
you know, something happens and you just didn't expect it and you just weren't ready for it. And Mm. it just knocks you off. Mm. For me, my response has been to in those moments where it's like it's real and Mm. I'm like in tears and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I usually have to go to God like Mm -hmm. I'm literally running (laughs) like to the Lord to um, to journal. Mm. This is a way that I really process because Mm. my my emotions sometimes can get so overwhelming Mm. that I need paper and pen in order to get it out. Mm. If that makes sense, because Mm -hmm. I can't my brain is too foggy that I can't Mm. actually just do it in my brain Mm. like you know when i hear when i hear small things happening that Mm. are anxiety inducing Mm -hmm. then i'm I'm more equipped to do that but when something big comes in and i'm just flooded i have to just get by myself me and the lord and i have to process Mm. and i have to say and i have to tell my heart what to do because those are the moments where you know it, it gets real Mm. And those are the moments where I have to say, well, I'm not, I know one thing for sure. I can't allow this emotion because an emotion is not, is not something to lead my life. Mm. So that means I have to put it in its place, if that mm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I go to my journal and then I'm, I'm there to write out all of my feelings with all honesty. You mm. know, mm-hmm. I'm scared because this and this and this and I feel like what if this happens then you know I'm writing all of that out and I never leave my journal without or I won't say never I try not to leave my journal without um hearing what God has to say back to me Mm. and this is where I always find the peace Mm. that that I need to cover to push anxiety out and that's in the voice of God. Mm. So when when I'm writing, I'm literally that second part of my journaling is his voice. What does he have to say? And I oftentimes will just sit there and meditate on his face, like looking at, okay, are you nervous, God? This mm. is another really practical thing I do <laughs> is mm. I say, okay, God, are you nervous? And then I look for his face and just in my imagination, what mm. the what the father looks like. And I'm like, let me see your face because if you're nervous then i should be nervous right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but if you're not nervous and if i see his face and it's full of confidence then i take on his confidence and i just stay there until i can feel the confidence of the father over that situation so that that's the intense you know Mm. i'm knocked off my my normal um Mm. times that is so good. I, I love that. Like just journaling and then waiting to actually hear his voice. So I, I love that practical thing you said, actually asking him, are you nervous? And kind of waiting for him to respond to you because that's where peace comes from. Peace comes from the voice of God. I think that's a really practical, practical step. Um, I want to go to a question that my cousin actually asked. I thought it was like, it's a really good question. So he says, question for you. What strategies do you use to help somebody who has attempted suicide previously and they are having repeated suicidal thoughts? That's a really good question. What do you think? What are the practical ways to help somebody struggling with this? Yeah. One, as the person who, you know, if they're having suicidal thoughts, Mm. you first want to lower the stakes in your mind of suicidal thoughts, Mm. if that makes sense, because Mm -hmm. you don't want to go into it with anxiety. Mm. Because I think the first thing is you're like, like, I have to save their lives. I'm like, Mm. you know what I mean? It can Mm -hmm. become really high stakes. Mm. And you want to see it through the lens of the father. And God Mm. is calm. Mm. (laughs) You know, he's really calm about suicidal thoughts. He's not afraid of them. Mm. Um, And so I would recommend first tapping into that, like, you know, truthfully, that person, you know, there's the risk, but ultimately it's not your job to save them. Mm. You really have to trust in that and believe in that. It's not your job to save them, though God has sent you as a partner or a a guide, a friend, um, and you want to take that role that God has allowed you to be in. 
Um, now, if it's a family member, if that gets more cloudy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's just someone. Um, and then I would say, honestly, I would I would simplify it. And mm. I would just figure out how can I become their friend? Mm. How can I just befriend them um, and not make them a project? Because mm. people can feel that. And that can often push them even further. Mm. The feelings of like, I'm a project or I need to be fixed. And it's like, actually, I would begin to love them in such a way, like loving them. Love does a multitude, covers a multitude of sin, the Bible Mm. says. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you just love a person and love doesn't mean um, I need to do something with you. Love Mm. means acceptance and choice. Mm. Mm -hmm right i come to you and i accept you as you are and Mm. i choose you Mm. you know so i would just um using those simple uh tools i just talk to them like a normal person like hey what's going on or figuring out hey what would you think about um going to a counselor like i know i know someone who or I either research or find some resources for them mm. because also um, oftentimes with suicidal thoughts, especially perpetual suicidal thoughts, they need somebody better than you, meaning mm-hmm. they need some professional help. Mm-hmm. So don't pretend to be a professional at something you're not a professional at. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're getting professional help, then now they need love. They just mm-hmm. need someone to say, I'm with you. Mm. I'm not going to leave you because oftentimes when people are suicidal, it's uncomfortable to be their friend, mm. right? We get a bit nervous so to be those people's mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. because we're like, it puts our heart in a space and we're actually triggered, right? Mm-hmm. We're triggered because mm-hmm. the potential of the loss or the potential of uh, what they could do to themselves could then cause pain to us. Mm-hmm. But we have to really rise above that and say, you know what? Love is always worth the risk. Mm. Take the risk of loving them as a friend, get over your own um, trigger and be there for them. Mm. Whatever that looks like. It's hard to say specifically. It just depends on the relationship. Mm. Um, But yeah, that's what I would say. That is so good. So true. I I love the the points I've picked out. Be a friend, love them. love and acceptance i love i also love that you raised up the professional help sometimes things just get to a point where you just have to be honest with yourself okay i can't i can't help you mm-hmm. with the professional help you need i can be a friend i can be right. a place of safety but i cannot actually work this is beyond my capacity um, so i'm wow. gonna let's go find someone that can actually who has experience dealing with this that can help you and i can just be your friend i can just be the one who says hey let's go for a walk or let's go get lunch or let's just because sometimes people will struggle with suicidal thoughts that mm-hmm. that's part of that is also isolation you're so isolated and sometimes they intentionally cut people off because they feel like they're not good enough to be around people yep and so sure. but you have to like be intentional about hey i'm here for you no matter even when you push me away even when you tell me to go I'm not going. I'm going to be with you. I'm actually, I'm in the trenches with you. We're going to walk through this together. I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to love you. If I have to buy you groceries, if I have to help you shop, I will do anything mm. practically I can to let you know that you have a friend and then so we'll good. trust the professional to help you walk through the professional side. That is so awesome. Um, cool. I mean, he asked on that question. I thought this was really good. Um, and the question centered around um just a professing christian or a christian who is kind of dealing with negativity or pessimism how do you reconcile that um in contrast to the promises that god asks for us i guess it feels like a two-in-one question first mm-hmm. part for me is is it actually possible for a christian for a believer to struggle with negativity and pessimism if yes how do you reconcile that with the fact that god's we have all these promises from god that god is good and he's faithful mm-hmm. how do you connect the two um polarizing mm-hmm. opposites yeah yeah i think uh christians have negative thoughts uh as much as 
anyone who's not a Christian, mm. if not more, because mm. Christians can awful struggle, often struggle with judgment mm. um, because of religion, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It can mm-hmm. cause us to be a lot more judgmental than other people. Mm. Um, and so, yes, I think absolutely that's a thing. Now, how do we reconcile that? I think that's the journey. Mm. You know, we we have to unlearn. You know, we're going backwards. We're getting younger. We're we're um, we're letting go of uh, belief systems that are mm. not like God, mm. and that's the journey we're all on as believers. And I think that that takes time. That takes practice. That takes the presence. That takes mm. encountering. I find that when I encounter God, my mindset changes. Mm. You know, he Mm -hmm. actually elevates my thinking. Mm. So like the other day I was on a walk and um, I've been struggling with um, uh, carpal tunnel in my hands. And Mm. I just have been like, God, like, come on. This is like the most annoying, like... Mm. Thing. <laughs> and so I'm on my walk and um, I was listening to a book and the girl said, it's not even a, um, it's not a religious book. Mm. Um, it's more like a self-help type book. And mm. she said one line about gratefulness and it just unlocked something in me. Mm. And I just started, as I was walking, I just started to say, thank you, God. Thank you for my hands. Thank you mm. for Thank you for my body. Thank you for everything you've given me. Mm. Thank you for my little apartment. Thank you for, for thank you for this city. Thank you for, and it it unlocked this where I could feel the presence of God saying, "No, I've I've been guiding you, mm. and nothing that I do for you or in you is on accident. Mm. Everything I have a purpose, and I'm working it for your good." And it was like that truth just like hit me, and I was mm. like. God, you know, so with that being said, that's why we walk with God mm. so that we can, so that he can take us from glory to glory so that he can transform our thinking so that we can actually, um, become like Jesus, you know, it mm-hmm. takes, you know, Jesus doesn't just show up in us in a day. Mm. You know, we must work out our own salvation. We must actually engage with the love of the father and watch that transform and change us. That is so good. So good, Ecclesia. Um, I wanted to talk about your two e-courses. Before that, there was a question that popped in my head that I wanted to um, hear your thoughts about. um, And it's really about disappointment and feeling overwhelmed. Um, I mean, that's, it's been an overwhelming year and it's been a year of disappointment for different people at different levels. I mean, a lot of us came into 2020 with plans of things that we wanted to do and goals and aspirations and then boom, things kind of shook up and, and some of us had to let go of some plans of how we thought things were going to be, or mm-hmm. some people let, will let go of their jobs, or some people are just struggling financially, especially people in business, self-employed people and all that. And um, and we're getting to the end of 2020 gradually, and we're looking into 2021. And right. So I, I guess my question would be, how do we mentally prepare for the new year? Especially, we're, we're coming out of one year with so much disappointment. It could be politics disappointment. It could be just whatever. And, and we're going mm-hmm. into a new year, and there's almost that risk of should I actually have goals? <laughs> what if 2021 comes with its own wrecking ball and just mm. wrecks everything? How do we yes. mentally prepare for 2021, knowing that we've had disappointments and so mm-hmm. many things that's happened in this year? What are your thoughts? You know, for me, um, I would say shift your perspective about what 2020 was. Mm. So even if it's been disappointing, um, God gave me this phrase maybe a year or two ago. And he said, disappointment isn't real. And I was like, God, what do you mean? Mm. And he said, ultimately, you will never be disappointed. Mm. 
when it's all said and done, it'll never, you'll, it'll never happen. You'll actually, if you, if you live in disappointment, it'll be a waste of your time. Hmm. It's like, wow. Like, hmm. thank God for knowing Jesus, you know? Hmm. Um, and so wh- what that means to me is I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it his way if I'm stuck in disappointment. It's okay. Like disappointment, again, don't judge yourself for feeling disappointed. Like Mm. it's disappointing when you expect something and it doesn't work. Mm. So I'm not saying that. But when you get stuck in disappointment, you then can't dream, Mm. right? You then Mm -hmm. can't look towards 2021 because you're still afraid of what 2021 could be. Mm. And so I would say... What if you looked at 2020 and you said, okay, this was disappointing, but God, what were you doing there? Mm. What did I miss? What were you teaching me? Because sometimes, you know, we're so attached to the outcome, but God really cares very little about outcomes. Mm. (laughs) He cares about the journey, right? He cares about what it taught you more than about you getting the thing. Mm -hmm. So... I would just put on a different pair of glasses and I would look at it and then I would I would actually surrender. Mm. And the way to surrender to disappoint in in the area of disappointment, I think surrender looks like gratefulness. Mm. That's good. And thankfulness. And so I would say I would look at 2020 and I would find every way possible to be thankful. Mm. Because if you're still breathing, that's you have a whole lot to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. If your lungs are still working, mm. if you have a, a roof over your head, mm. if you have people that you love and that love you back, mm. even if it's just one, mm. even if the only person that loves you is you, <laughs> like <laughs> you, you, you have something to be thankful for. Mm. If you ate today, you have something to be thankful for. So I okay. would look over that year and I would, I would really um, pull on that. Mm. Um, and then I would say, God, what do you have for me in 2021? What do you, what do you want me to believe? What's possible? Mm. And we know that what's possible for, with God is anything, mm-hmm. you know? And so maybe it looks like taking some of the things that you were expecting in 2020 and seeing like, God, are these things for 2021? Mm you know uh-huh. it's okay that um i think something that's a, a key is especially for those of us who believe in the voice of god and, and the prophetic uh-huh. it's okay you heard wrong uh-huh. <laughs> in 2020 because uh-huh. i mean there were a lot of people who thought 2020 was gonna look like some of the some of the best prophets out there thought 2020 was gonna have this or do this, uh-huh. and it's like it's okay that maybe you were wrong. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What if it's for another time? Uh-huh. What if God was speaking, but then maybe your excitement gotten in in the way of what uh-huh. the actual thing you were hearing? Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And if so, that's okay. Wow. You're human. You're still not. You're not the voice of God itself. Mm. You're a vessel. Mm. So good. And every vessel only gets part. Mm. You know, we only True. get a piece. We don't mm-hmm. actually get the full picture. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's so good, Ecclesia. I love that. I love the constant theme of gratitude, and mm-hmm. um, and I love that you gave people permission to. Hey, yeah, it's tough. Things didn't happen mm-hmm. the way you thought it would, and that's okay. It's like. Just that mindset of it's gonna be okay. It's kind of like that song. Um, what's his name? Um, Amanda Cook and um, um, I forgot his name now. The guy Stephanie, from. Um, the oh, one that goes, guy. gonna be alright, 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 alright. Oh, oh, uh, Dante. Yeah, Dante, Dante, and Ecclesia. Um, I said Ecclesia. Maybe you're going to sing a song. <laughs> just joking <laughs> Dante and Amanda Amanda Cook and I love that song simple song but it's like that's a mindset that we actually need to have as we go into a new year and even for the rest of our lives hey whatever happens yep. it's gonna be all right it's just somehow I believe that things are going to work out for my good 
I don't know how. Absolutely. Um, but the the people who thrive in the midst of adversity are usually the people who have just made up their mind to not give up and to just stay right. focused and i'm going to be grateful for what i have and i'm always going to expect that things will always work out fine it's mm-hmm. such a powerful mindset to have i love that awesome all right so i wanted to talk a little bit about just some of your courses this is ecclesia's um, profile on instagram please go follow her she is incredible she's always posting some really amazing um content and uh, she's also i forgot to mention she's co-host of the love and race podcast with her husband john big john shout out um um, but i I really love you you have two e-courses that really stood out to me um the healing heal to thrive and breaking perfect and let's start with Mm. this one tell us a little bit about what this Mm. comes from and what is it all about what is heal to thrive yeah so heal to thrive is actually a coaching program and essentially it's a four session um, you get four sessions in one month and we mm. really go after healing, inner healing. Mm. Um, and then we also have a session that's just a set apart for thriving. Like mm. what does it look like for you to thrive in this specific area? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's essentially what it is. I, it's birthed out of this desire for me to see people not just heal, if that makes sense, but also Mm. to thrive. Because I think that if you're on the journey of healing, you're already thriving. Mm. Now you just actually need to get a a system in place or a plan in place for what heal to thrive, what um, your healing and thriving can look like on a Mm. practical sense. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. I love that. And um, and then you have this one also called Breaking Perfect. And I think it talks a little bit about perfectionism and all that but walk us through what this is about yeah so breaking perfect is a three-part course um it's uh we focus on breaking up with judgment uh, making peace with the process and loving Mm -hmm. your humanity Mm -hmm. and those three Uh, sessions are for me a concoction to help people break out of perfectionism and religion so I think that religion is this is the spiritualized perfection Mm. Um, and so yeah and so I want to help people break out of that because perfectionism and religion crushes dreams it crushes uh, self-worth it crushes uh, joy. And so these are things that we're made for. And so I want to, that course was made to help people break out of that. Um, And then with each uh, session, each person gets a healing guide, which Mm. is just like a journaling. uh, It's basically a journaling guide so that they can process the information a little bit better. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. So good. Such such powerful content and um oh by the way i'm gonna there's there's a link in the description where you can find a link of how to connect with ecclesia how to sign up for those courses i promise you it's like really good content it's gonna help you uh, we all always need somebody to come alongside us there's just so much you can do by yourself right you try the yep. best you can but sometimes you need someone to come alongside you on your journey to get in wholeness that's what god wants for us for us to be unrepresent whole um yeah um so as we start to round up a little bit i themselves maybe one or two more questions as we round off um what you said about religion is spiritualized perfection i'm like ooh, that kind of hit me a little bit i was like hey let me give a few minutes to kind of unpack that for us (laughs) what do you mean by religion is spiritualized perfection yeah so i mean when you look at religion it has this element of you need to be perfect. Uh, and if you don't, if you're not perfect, then you don't measure up. Uh, um, and if you don't measure up, then you're X'd out, you know? Uh, um, uh, and it's paralyzing, uh, you know, to a uh, lot of people. Some people, you know, like me for a long time, I was living up to it, you know, reading all the Bible verses and going to all the church services and uh, trying to earn my my um badge of christianity you Mm, know what i mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and so 
if I were to describe to you perfectionism, it's the same thing. Mm. It's just the world's version of it. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's been it. And I found what what breaks my heart is so many believers are struggling with religion. Mm. Um, so many of us. And so it's my heart. Breaking Perfect was birthed out of this desire to see uh, perfectionists transformed and healed and um, able to connect with their uh, humanity while Mm -hmm. also connecting with their... their divinity, if that makes sense, the 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 calling that God has put on their lives at the mm. same time, mm. um, and I think this is why Christians are so judgmental. Mm. You know, per, all perfectionists are highly judgmental, mm. um, and it's because you have this high standard of self that you always are. If you're meeting it, and because you're meeting it, anyone who's not then receives judgment. Mm. In the moment you're not eating it, you turn the judgment on yourself. And mm. so I could go on and on about that. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. My cousin was asking what is religion or what I would referring to as religion. Um, that's, yes. you know, everybody has um, different um, definitions of what religion is. There is religion, obviously, which is traditions, whether you are Christian or um muslim or buddhist whatever you have certain traditions um, certain beliefs this is how we believe this is who we follow there is that religion but there is also religion which is kind of um practices that kind of put you in this bondage it's so strict there is no um wiggle room you have to do things exactly this way or nothing's gonna work out for you so things like reading the Bible, praying, fasting, preaching the gospel, those are very important spiritual practices that do help us grow. However, if we prioritize that above our relationship with the Lord, which is actually where life flows from, when we are connected to Him and we relate with Him, it makes it, it makes it easier to do all the spiritual practices that help right. us grow. That's my that's what I think. So hopefully that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, so my final question before um, we close would be shame, the power of shame. I find that sometimes everything we've talked about now, disappointment, negative thinking, um, overwhelmed anxiety can lead people down this path of feeling ashamed either because they think oh it's my fault things are not working out maybe if i had worked harder you know or people who are struggling with suicidal thoughts and kind of feel this sense of shame of i can't tell anybody that i'm struggling or that i'm traumatized because whatever how do you break out of what are some practical tips to break out of shame so you can get freedom yeah that's really good um hmm for one i hate shame um <laughs> uh yeah so for me shame what helps me to define shame is humiliation hmm. so i'm humiliated um that helps me because shame can often feel like what is that if that makes sense uh-huh. um so when i feel humiliated uh, it's important for me to talk to someone mm that safe that Mm. you know you can trust Mm. and i can tell them my humiliation Mm. like actually this happened and then i can ask them if they're safe like you have to be careful because if it's someone who's shameful themselves Mm. then they'll shame you even further so we want to avoid that Uh um but yeah i need to remember that i am not what i did Mm. you know Uh or if I failed or whatever I did, I am not that. I just had a moment of, I made a poor choice and Mm. I'm human. Humans make poor choices. You know, Mm. you and I here, we've made poor choices before. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to my voice, I'm sure you've made poor choices as well. Mm -hmm. So that's another piece is connecting to the humanity of shame. Mm. Like actually I'm not the only one. Mm. Shame can also can can make you feel isolated. Mm-hmm. And often what shame does is it makes you go underground. 
you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, you you never you decide you're never telling anyone or you're never um, gonna let that out because no one can know because if they knew then they would never want to be around me and it's like actually anyone who knows what it is to be human mm. knows that any human could do anything at any time. Mm. And if that be true, I have no room, you know, for me, I'm like, you can tell me pretty much anything. And I'd be like, it may be surprising to me or like, man, I've never heard of a human do that, (laughs) if Uh that makes sense. Uh But I will not shame you for the simple fact that you're human. Uh For the simple fact that although there's deity inside of you, there's also humanity. Uh And so oftentimes I think what cultivates shame in culture is this lie that um, that humans are to be superhuman, Mm. meaning morally superb. And the truth is, I think about David in the Bible, adultering liar. Mm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh That was what he did. Mm. But who he was was the man after God's own heart. Mm. So, you know, that would blow up the church today. <laughs> like that would literally blow up the church mm. because we're so uncomfortable with mess up. Mm. But God isn't. Wow. And he, I mean, when I look in the Bible, I can look throughout. He's not uncomfortable with it mm. from the old to the new Testament. And so we have to, um, we have to, as believers, begin to uh, kind of reverse the culture that that we've created around mess up, where people have to hide because they know they could be more humiliated for talking about their humiliation, for sharing their humiliation. Um, It doesn't mean that there aren't consequences. There's consequences for everything we do. Mm. Everything we do, whether good or bad, you the Bible says you reap what you sow. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Can't change that. Mm. But that doesn't mean I have to humiliate you for it, mm. if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah, un, undoing shame, I think, practically, step one, get it in the light. I always mm-hmm. say you want to live in the light. You want to find the light wherever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. You have a friend or oftentimes the light can start from within. Mm. That shame, what if you decided, you know what? I'm human. Mm. I made a mistake. I think someone will understand that. Mm. And then from there, you go into um, dealing with the consequences depending on what it was. Sometimes we're ashamed for, you know, I got on stage and I flubbed. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a shameful thing. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, just talk about that. You'll be fine. (laughs) You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you are ashamed because you're watching porn or you had sex outside of marriage or all these different things, these are things that have consequences that you're Mm -hmm. going to then have to have the courage to deal with the repercussions of what you've Mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. Um, You're still not what you did. I think of David, again, he was not what he did. He mm. was not he was not a, an adulterer murderer. He was mm. the man after God's own heart, but he had committed adultery and mm. he had murdered a man to to cover it up. Mm. That makes sense. So good. So good. I mean, it's it's a complex topic. I wish we had enough time to jump into that. There's like two sides of that coin. We've talked about one side. I mean, she she definitely broke open that there is consequences at the same time there is the, the importance of bringing it to the light and how we do that practically it's a long conversation that we don't have time for today for but sure. the key is a if you are dealing with shame whatever that shame is find a safe space and, and talk to somebody Absolutely. who is safe about what you're dealing with so that you can get freedom the enemy always hides in darkness yep. and um, but once you expose him that's the beginning of freedom this is so cool so good ecclesia you've been awesome today hey guys um 
click the like button subscribe check out Aklisha's profile check out our courses she has some incredible resources um, that help people with mindset with breaking shape perfectionism she's a mindset coach and she's really brilliant at what she does so hey go check it out on instagram make sure to follow her and um and if you're if you're watching this live thank you so much for joining us live thank you gracious greatness my cousin for joining us thank you ma um she said this is so profound i agree with you and um my cousin gracious greatness said lovely answers ecclesia mila thanks and that is so oh, so through uh so true and um um next um next time we're gonna have another co amazing conversation i want to thank you for joining us live and i will talk to you all soon peace